The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of hope. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Messages of Hope. As you know, Ty and I, my husband and I, are traveling around the country in our RV right now. We are houseless, not homeless, houseless while we build the house. But we would be on the road anyway, bringing the messages of hope to whoever needs them. Right now, we're in beautiful Petaluma, California, and I'm flying tomorrow all the way across the country to... Where am I going? This is the way my life is. Half the time I don't know where I'm going. I'm going to the Monroe Institute. And then I just wanted to share with you, I haven't kept you up to date on my schedule much lately, but I have two big events in July coming up. In the middle of the month, I'll be going back across the country again to Washington, D.C. to do a Spirit Guides workshop with my friend and colleague, Suzanne Wilson, on July 13th and 14th. Then I head back to Ty and my puppies on the West Coast. Then I fly back east again to the wonderful Omega Institute where I'm teaching people how to connect with their loved ones across the veil in a special all-weekend workshop called Making the Connection at Omega. So check out both of those, if you will. And then again in September, coming to Phoenix for the Soul Summit Scottsdale, a fabulous conference that I'm pleased to be part of. So I know I usually don't take the time to talk about upcoming events, but I did feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't let you know about those. So let's shift gears now. I'm super excited. I've been talking with our guest today offline in a little bit, and you are absolutely going to love her energy. Linda Fitch is a shaman and teacher of shamanic energy medicine. She's going to talk to us today about using dreams for divination, and I know you're going to love this, connecting with departed loved ones. That's what this show really is all about, showing you that there is a greater reality that we can tap into those who have passed. And if that doesn't give you hope, I don't know what will. Linda, welcome to the show. Thank you, Suzanne. I am so honored to be talking to you and your listeners today. And my intention is just to be of service. So very, very thrilled to be here. Thank you. You're so welcome. And you know, I just got a nudge that I could read your biography that's on your website, but I'd rather just have you tell everybody about you in your own words. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, I, as I, in the same way, you know, how spirit guides us down different pathways with it. So 
um, I actually started in my background in science and went down in. I actually fell in love with the Mother Earth is what I did. So I went down, worked for the government, um, went down this place of exploring and worked for the Forest Service. Started up that oh, nice. avenue in the Forest Service and on my way up higher and higher up that ladder. And I had a wonderful um, group that came and took us on for our leadership team. And they talked about something called neuro-linguistics programming. And at that time, I had experience when I was younger, back when I was a freshman in college, my mom sent me to or paid for something called, back then it was called Silva Mind Control. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, they've changed the name. Now it's called the Silva Method. But oh, it yeah. has the same thing like the hemisync. You know, mm-hmm. we learned how to go to alpha and we learned how to uh, go to theta. We learned how to go to delta. We She's actually talking learned how to about, go to people. I need to interrupt yeah. you, Linda, because some of you may not recognize those terms, but she's talking about different brainwave states that we can bring on at will. So go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So we learned how to do all the different brainwaves. And then I kind of put that to the side, you know, when in this, way through college um and then i had um these individuals that were taking us through a meeting and they talked about something called neuro-linguistics programming and at that time i'd actually been thinking about quitting the government and going back and getting a doctorate in psychology and uh, the woman that i really enjoyed who was the instructor she said linda look at nlp and so nlp actually comes from where you're at right now and it was two men that were modeling how do people do things so it's actually been called that the nlp has been called uh, like the manual for your brain <laughs> mm. so i fell in love with the brain i fell in love with how people think differently how they process information differently how we can work through things easier and quicker so i had yeah. kind of this silva and then i added the nlp on top of it And then they eventually approached me if I would like to become part of their NLP business. So I actually owned an NLP business for a while. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty familiar with NLP. And it's it's really powerful how, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's about programming your thoughts and and to to get what you want in your life and noticing what you're telling yourself. Is that it? Oh, yes. It gives you direct access for you look at limiting beliefs and then what are the beliefs that you want to have. It, you establish a direct communication with your brain. And then what's really amazing about it is then you can, we realize that every single person is different. But one of, their, one of the big things with NLP is they hold very strongly that anybody can, that if you can model what somebody does, then you can do it. Uh, yes. Tony Robbins. Yes. Yeah, Tony Robbins' background is all NLP. Yeah, that's what I tell people when I'm teaching mediumship. If I can do this, just, you know, look at my where I go wrong and look where things work. And if I can do this, you can too. Right. And then you just teach them the steps. What were you thinking? How are you holding yourself? What was the internal processing you were doing? So um, anyway, we were um, one of the things our NLP business was really interested in was not modeling how do people heal. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. why does one person get diagnosed with one thing and another person get diagnosed with the same thing and one person heals and the other doesn't? Mm. You know, what are the internal beliefs 
So in that, then we modeled a shaman. And that's actually how I got interested and introduced to shamanism is because we were looking at and working with shamans and then looking in depth about what did they, what was their process to use how people heal. Um, So let's see. So I moved from the government to NLP, NLP business, then started working with the shamanism and learning that. And then I just fell in love with it. It was like I fell in love with spirit. You know what that's like. I do. (laughs) Yeah. So I fell in love with with the Mother Earth, and I fell in love with people, how they think, and then I fell in love with spirit. And what I find with the shamanism, it combines all of those aspects with it. Because like so much of your work and you share again and again what you do, Suzanne, it's all about a place of service. You know, how do we be of service? So how do we be of service for your listeners right now in our discussion about dreams? Well, I think the first thing we need to do is is define for those who aren't familiar with the term, what is a shaman? Most people hear shaman, I believe, and probably immediately think Native American medicine person. <laughs> you know, I know sometimes I never, ever would even introduce myself as a shaman because people kind of think it's woo-woo, and mm-hmm. it isn't. This is um, what I really like about the world right now, too. It's like even in the movie Avatar, they talk about the grandmother of one of the blue people was, they say, she's the shaman. Mm. <laughs> so at least we can say the world. So the word shaman itself comes from Siberia. It's from the Tungus people. So if we were in Africa, they would be called a witch doctor. If we were in North America, they could be called the medicine person. So in every different culture, it has a little bit of a different name. Like I look at it kind of like a different flavor. Mm-hmm. But if we follow the roots back farther enough, far and far, far way back, actually shamanism is in every continent in the world. Hmm. If you follow every religion back, every religion has its roots back into shamanism. So uh, Buddha, before he was the Buddha, he practiced Bampo, which is a practice of shamanism. Hmm. So if you go far enough back, shamanism is almost the way I look at it. It's like an umbrella. It's like every religion fits underneath it. The nothing, you know, like I've had students that have been Mormon bishops or they've been Tibetan priests. You know, there's everything fits within it. And then because it's really about how do you sit with God? How do, you, how do you be present in your life? So some of the core pieces with it are, if we just drop the title of shamanism, if we go, okay, here's how we walk in the world, is that we really want to walk as close to spirit. We have mm-hmm. that connection. Your service, you have, and that's what you're here for. And then um, what the shaman does to be of service, they learn how to go between the veils. Just like uh-huh. you do, we learn how to go between the veils be, to be of service. And then the other thing, they have a deep, deep connection to all the elements. So to the earth, to the sky, to all the animals, to what we'll say, the four-legged, the many-legged, the creepy crawly, the stone people, the plant people. So the shaman is that we want to be in right relationship, not just with the two-legged, but with all of the world, the water, the trees, everything. So they'll work. That's why you hear them from in the medicine 
teachings is what they'll say. So then everyone has a different flavor. So Native American will have a flavor. From Peru, they'll have a flavor. From Siberia, they have a flavor. From Africa, they have a flavor. But these are the core pieces that roll between all the different flavors. That helps? So it does. Yet, as I know that I, as a medium, go between the veils to connect people with loved ones who have passed for healing of their emotional pain and their grief you as a shaman go between the veils for what purpose um for a couple different reasons so one of those is to get information so the shaman is the one that they would go to um in the indigenous culture like if they know want to know where they should they move the tribe like where should they go put all their teepee where the buffalo Mm -hmm. are going to be or where the salmon are going to be running you know where the fish going to be so they would do divination part of, they would see with the mm-hmm. divine what would be the best for the tribe. So that was one of the things, but they're also the healers. So the ones that were the psychopomps that when somebody would die, they would help cross them over to the other side. Mm-hmm. And then okay. the ones that were the healers in the tribe. So if someone had something happen, that they would go in and they could actually do kind of like the kid and dad, all the physical healing, but then they would also do the energetic healing. So if there was a, a big trauma, and we actually experienced this in our Western world, there's a big trauma, then sometimes what happens or can happen is part of us will leave, it's a soul trauma, to go be safe. So the shaman is trained how to go bring that part back so the person can be whole. Ah, yes, I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I had Rick Olson on the show, and we were mostly talking about his, the passing of his kids and how that changed Rick and Beth's lives. But he's a shaman, so you're not the first shaman, but we're going to be focusing on one specific part of your work today. And isn't that interesting? I know Rick Olson, and when he he was actually, um, I was actually one of the... uh, Teacher's assistants, clear back when Rick was taking classes. So, huh. yeah, interesting. I had no idea. <laughs> so what is, what is the focus of your work as a shaman? What, which aspect of that? And I know you teach as well. Um, what I looked at is what are the places that I really love? So in my, in my work, so one of those that I love is I love the divination, the scene, and teaching people how to see. And then um, other aspects I teach a lot, Suzanne, are um, I love the death work. So teaching people how to change their relationship around death and Mm, then to be present for when somebody's crossing and what they can do to assist and how they can help walk them across to the other side. Heal that unfinished business, baby, I love yous. Um, I love that work. And then love all the places about time and destiny. You know, that we, um, it's that same kind of thing when you cross the veils, there's no time there. So how do we be in sacred time now and make magic happen now? And then how do we actually be putting our energy into what we want to create? And then I do other real, I teach classes on how do you clean up like the heavy energy and, you know, I teach some other cool stuff like that. But I think those are my big passions. Wonderful. And you have such a beautiful website. It really, the energy of your work and your beautiful soul comes through. It's lindafitch.com for those of you listening. And you find that right on the, on the web page for this radio show. But Linda, you're 
beautifully volunteered to talk today about dreams. So what do dreams have to do with shamanism? Yes. So, and that's actually one of my passions is in the dreams. So in, and I actually became really interested in dreams right after I took my, right in that kind of NLP time period. Um, And actually even earlier, Claire Backett had some very prophetic kind of dreams when I was a teenager. So Mm -hmm. I became very interested in that part of it. And then as I studied to be a shaman, there's this huge dovetail. And um, in that, I want to, for your listeners, to be able to say how they can then understand and use their dreams. And it's really fascinating. I was loving reading your, you had your ebook I downloaded, Suzanne, that was Awakening. Yes. Beyond the Veil. And Mm -hmm. in there, you have one of your messages where I think you were talking about your um, having information come across about what it's like on the spirit side. Yes. And in that, it said, it's in your dreams, which is where we can most easily communicate with all of you. There you go. And I went, yes. Oh my gosh, that's what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know there's so many of you listening today that that want to know, how can I connect with my loved ones who passed? I don't want to be a medium. I just want to hear from them. And so, Linda, can we, somebody just asked me this in a reading that I did this morning, and you're the expert, so I want to get your answer on this. We can look for signs, but I know our loved ones are trying to come through to us in our dreams. Is it possible for us to make ourselves more receptive to when they do come through? Because a lot of people say, well, I don't even remember my dreams. Absolutely. You know, I look at it that they are actually probably either in their dreams right now or wanting to be. And that is the number one thing I get from students. It's like, I don't remember my dreams. Um, And that's what we're going to do today, if you're okay with that, Suzanne. We'll talk then about specifically how can you connect? How can you remember your dreams? And then how can you understand what they're trying to tell you or what's the wisdom that's coming through? Are you kidding? That's exactly what we want. And in fact, everybody, we have such a treat for you because Linda has already done a beautiful synopsis of everything she's going to be sharing with you now. And it's free, a free gift on her website. You want to tell them how to find that, Linda? Yeah, absolutely. So my website is lindalfitch.com put the L in there wow. and um, on the top is, it has products. And if you go over to the down products, it'll say free dream guide. Perfect. And then that guide is going to take you through these three things that all will walk through. Like how do you, how do you set your intention? How do you remember? And then how do you decipher the wisdom? Okay. Yeah. So before we dive into that, I just want to be clear that it's your understanding that if we set the intention, we can actually, we're not actually creating the loved ones visiting us. We're facilitating that because they're already trying to my understand it, understanding. Yes. Yeah. You know, we want to open those doorways, um, you know, that the, the hands are halfway down already, but we have to learn how to reach up and then we have to learn how to get all of you know, all of that ego out of the way. Okay. <laughs> all that stuff that interferes with us um, not being able to be in connection with it. And, and I remember, so it's so fascinating that um, 
And it's not saying they're always going to be there. I remember when my dad died and all my skill, all my training, all those kind of things. And I was able to assist him in his process using my shamanic skills. This is what I teach to others. And so my dad died and um, all kids that drop the kids off at school and um, I walk into the living room and I sit down just wanting to connect with my dad. And I, you know, do what I do to sit down and connect. And he was just really, and I was like, dad, I really want you to be there. Can't you be here for me? And he was so clear. He's like, Linda, you're okay. You're <laughs> fine. And it was just like, it was my grief, my pieces that I needed that. So yes. sometimes I have, um, actually tried to, you know, been calling to connect with my dad. And it's just really clear he's busy. You know, he's going assisting somebody else. He's doing whatever else. And then sometimes he'll be really clear in my dreams. So that's where we want to go. It's, it isn't our ego is the one that says, you know, I want them to show up this way. And in, you know, I want to connect in this way. So what we first have to do is take that barrier down. By understanding that it's not always our way. It's definitely not always our way, as you fully are aware. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but yet we're going, you're going to teach us a way, one way to do yeah. it. So it's kind of like a paradox, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, it, um, it really is that place of us doing our grief work. Um, and I know that a lot of your listeners may have had really active new grief or it could be, you know, long-term grief. So it's that we recognize that we need to do our pieces that interfere with that. And then, of yeah. course, looking at our ego pieces of having to surrender to really that place of spirit. Yeah. Um, and wow. the dreams are the way to do that because we're sleeping every night. You know, we have the possibility to connect every night. Um, so, so if you're good, I'll just talk a little tiny bit about sleep. Is that okay? Yes, or? it's exactly what I was, we're really in sync. Because I was just going to say, before you start teaching, maybe you should tell us a little bit about the sleep, the sleep state and the cycles. Yeah. Well, um, one of the things that's so amazing about sleep is this, I think that there's a huge fallacy out there. Is that somehow, and I don't even know where it comes from. Actually, it comes from our Puritan ancestors. It's where it comes from. Work hard, work hard, work hard. Um, you know, you'll be able to you'll be able to sleep later. So we've been told that we should sleep a full eight, seven to nine hours, whatever it is. And mm-hmm. actually sleeping a full night is a fallacy. Mm. If we go back and look at indigenous cultures and then there's, I'm, you know, I'm not even going to touch on all the research there is in sleep because it's been studied and studied and studied. Um, that if we go back either looking at indigenous cultures or if we put individuals that have no artificial light that comes in is that there's a very normal pattern that happens is that very typically what happens is we'll have a first sleep and then we wake up and a lot of people, I mean, I don't know what your time is, you know, whether it's two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, something in there. Mm -hmm. So we'll have that middle time. And then we'll have a second sleep. And that middle time actually is called Dorvel is what they call it, a French word. Mm-hmm. And then it'll have within that, they have studied it really well. And actually what's happening is the brain waves are very similar to meditation. This is where the monks and the 
the yogis talk about getting up at three in the morning and meditating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the rest but, of us, like maybe somebody, you know, this is where you throw a log on the fire, you nurse your baby, you get up and go to the bathroom, you do something between this first sleep and second sleep. And I have found lately that if I can't get back to sleep, there's usually a reason. If I get up and just tune into spirit, sit and do a little short meditation, I get some really great downloads. So I've come to stop fighting it and accept it and then go back to sleep. That sounds like what you're encouraging. Absolutely. And I think the, the worst thing we do is when we wake up, we look at the clock. And then we go, oh, no, I have only have three more hours left. Or, you know, then we, we wake ourselves up through our, through our panic mm-hmm. <laughs> about what we have to do the next day. Versus instead, this is actually where you go. So when you do this wake up in between, which is normal, mm-hmm. and actually, actually, let me even back up between that, we go through what they say sleep cycles. And you'll go, which are about an hour and a half to two hours. Um, and we actually wake up several times during the night, but they're just little tiny mini wake ups. So we turn over or something. So we don't really notice those, but we'll go through sleep cycles about every hour and a half, maybe two hours, depending what our day's been like. So it's like you do a lot of physical activity or you guys are traveling, then maybe mm-hmm. you're, you need that deep sleep. And that first sleep is where we typically don't remember our dreams uh-huh. because in that very first cycle it's really important all these chemicals are released out of your brain it's like a car wash happens in your brain Mm. um all these hormones are released or added to the body that are needed um you know teenagers how they can just sleep and sleep and sleep that's because they need that you know their Mm -hmm. brain actually needs them to do that deep delta brain wave sleeping Mm. um so the very first cycle when you first first put your head on the pillow you just want to go all right, thank you, you gratitude practice, whatever, and then just, and I'm going to talk about it, I can set your intention for your dreaming, and then you just sleep. <laughs> Again, and just, you know, you're like, please just let me sleep really, really deep. If we've had a lot of trauma, so somebody, your listeners have had a lot of grief, then it's sleep that's really needed, you know, yeah. because it is repairing the brain, it's repairing the body, it's healing. Sleep is tremendously healing. That's why when people are ill, they sleep all the time. Or it so we, is that like that? Go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to interrupt you for a second. So we have just a few, just a little bit before the break here. Uh, I want to cut to the chase that it's that second period when most of the dreaming happens. Is that right? Yes. So the dreaming happens in the second period. So when you have that wake up time, that's when you want to get excited about that now you can really get into your dreaming. Okay. And it's so I want to get second phase when it happens. I want to get everybody excited about coming back after the break because we're talking with Linda Fitch, who's a shaman and dream expert. And when we come back from the break, she's going to share with us how to actually initiate a dream, remember your dreams, and hopefully in that dream, have a visit with your loved one who's crossed to the other side. How does that sound? Sounds good to me. So we will see all of you just back here in a few minutes after the break. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. 
When listeners like you contribute to Unity Online Radio, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Rev. Wendy Craig Purcell from Unity San Diego discussing change and transition. And as we begin to really identify the endings in our lives, to deal with them completely and wholly, to heal from them as we must, as we are willing to be in a time of not knowing, a time of uncertainty, but a time of trusting that there is a blueprint, there is a plan, there is a destiny. As we move successfully through these experiences, we will find that we are evolving and emerging into something new and different. And everyone and everything that has been happening in your life, both the things that are easy and good and pleasant, and those things that are challenging and painful and difficult, are drivers for your own evolution. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. Since 1924, Daily Word has offered inspiration and practical teachings through daily prayer messages to help people of all faiths live happy, healthy lives. The magazine includes two months of daily affirmations, messages, articles, and spiritual poetry to help you get inspired. Subscriptions are available for print editions in large type and Spanish, as well as the digital subscription package that includes the online magazine with audio, smartphone app, and daily email. Get your subscription today. Visit dailyword.com or unity.org. If you've been on a spiritual path for a long time, what can you read that's new and exciting? Try Unity Magazine. It's designed for the seasoned spiritual student with in-depth articles and interviews about spiritual practices and philosophies. Our columnists share their own faith journeys and cover healing, science, and psychology with even a little scripture thrown in. You'll read some classic authors and some new ones. Get a free trial issue at unitymagazine.org. More and more people are interested in a vegan lifestyle, and the numbers continue to grow. Join Victoria Moran every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central for Main Street Vegan and learn how to make the shift to help animals and the planet. Each week, Victoria shares recipes, health tips, and interviews with celebrity vegans, experts, and activists. Learn how to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Right here on Unity Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking with Linda Fitch. Her website is lindalfitch.com. And if you missed the first half, everything we're talking about in this second half about using your dreams for divination and connecting with loved ones is in a wonderful gift that Linda's offering on her website. So go to lindalfitch.com under products and you'll see that gift there. It's an introduction to dream work. So Linda, just before the break, you were talking about that we have this window of opportunity during sleep to 
to have a, a lucid dream or to really remember our dreams. Why don't you pick up where we left off? Yes, thank you, Suzanne. So I guess the bottom line, anybody that's listening about sleep is to be really recognized that there's different phases in your sleep and that our early morning sleep is where our body has uh, organized for us in order to dream. So then we can go right into the now, how do we connect with others? How do we use that dream time? How about that? Does that sound good? Sounds great. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So when you wake up in the early morning, we want to, we wake up that three o'clock time or so. Um, This is where we want to then go. Great. I have the next couple of bits to get before you wake, get, I have to get up is where you'll be able to dream. And this is where a lot of people say, you know, I just can't remember my dreams. And there's a whole process that is very, very easy. So there's three core practices that we go through in order to set your intentions for the dream. And this would be connecting to your loved ones or divination or information or even healing. And then how do you remember the dream? And then after the dream happens, because a lot of times those are images, then people are like, I have no idea what happened. How do you mm-hmm. decipher that? How do you figure out what the wisdom is? Great. So, and again, this is in that guidebook mm-hmm. that people mm-hmm. can look at. I'm just, we're going to walk through it. So if you have questions as we go through it. So the, and once you train the brain how to do this, it's amazing how quickly the brain will learn. So it just needs to know, oh, these are the steps. And, you know, in that same place of the dream that we were talking about where you communicate from your ebook you know, about the dreams is it's that kind of the same place I look at it that you can learn to work in with your eyes open and your eyes closed. We just like to work in it at night because what's been said is that it removes that ego barrier where yeah. everything's nice and clear. And then on top of that, when you do healing work or you do information, it's nine times more effective. So, so I can hear really, some of the people right now. They're thinking, what did she just say? Dreaming with my eyes open? Would, would you just explain that real quick? Well, I don't know what you're talking is, about. <laughs> yeah, it's the, you're accessing that space. I'm put like little quote, air quote marks around it. It's like, it's this space, nighttime sleep, where we want to, it's very similar to that daytime sleep. But, you know, like where the medium works or where the shaman works, where it, and this is where I geek out on the science where it actually, the brain waves change. We're like, which time, Hemi, think where you change in that space. And then the information, the veils are gone and everything's available. Now, go. what's really cool is in the night space, the veils really are gone. So that's why we want to learn how to work with it. Okay. So I'm, I've All awakened right. at three in the morning. I've just, you know, Gosh, I can't get back to sleep. But, oh, wait, I heard on that radio show with Suzanne Linda that I can be taking control of my dreams. What do I do next? (laughs) All right. So, actually, before you go to bed, you want to have done a little bit of thinking about, well, how, if I have this magic of these dream time, then how can I use that? And what do I want to do with it? So, in simple terms, we'd say you want to set your intention. To do this, you want to get a piece of paper, a journal, um, anything where you actually, and what's really nice is you have to think about and write down what that is. 
So if you want to have your page open and you could write down, so I would like to connect with my father or I would like to connect with my girlfriend who passed away or I would like information about this thing that's happening at work Mm. or I would like information on how can I be a better mom? How can I be a better teacher? How can I be a better whatever? Um, So you think about what your intention is and I usually put a date at the top of the page so I know like I put down today's date And then I would write out very specifically what my intention is. Now, here's the keys for this. You only want to do one intention a night because then if if you ask three intentions and you have a dream, you don't know which one it goes to because the dream won't say that. This is for intention one. So set your intention. And then part of the practice that goes through is then you drink some water. And you can even program your water if you want to do it that way with your intention. But the only intention of the water is to wake you up, to make sure that you get up out of bed, go to the bathroom. Now you're a little bit more awake instead of just rolling over. Hmm. And then from there, now you're going to drift back into sleep, but you're going to go back and think about your intention. Oh, yeah, my intention was to connect. Oh, yeah, my intention was for information. And then you say that intention a couple times to yourself. Um, using when you do intentions, a couple of things, I'll just make sure it's positive, said in the positive. It's not like, well, don't show me. My intention is not to have pain. It would be my intention is to heal my pain. Hmm. So you want to watch for the negative word in there. And then the other thing is if you already know that you're, something bad is going on, you, you wouldn't want to ask for, you know, show me more about this horrible situation at work. Um, unless you really don't know, because usually then what you could see would be more like a nightmare. So if you know it's a nightmare thing from work, don't go ask about it in your dream time. (laughs) You know, ask, what can I do to work through this? How can I solve it? How can Mm -hmm. I, you know, how can I make it better? So you ask something positive about it. So then you set your intention, you have it written down, you wake up in the middle of the night, you go to the bathroom, and then you come back, you lay down, and then you re-remember your intention. Remember it, say it a couple times as you go back into sleep. Now what will happen, when you're training the brain to do this, you'll start to get um, images. You'll start to get, that's usually how dreams show up. They aren't going to show up in words. They're going to show up in pictures because that's the way that brain works, that right hemisphere of the brain works. Mm-hmm. So all the images will be coming in. And then what people say, you know, I think I dream, but I can't remember. So it's, as soon as you awaken just a little bit, you know, like when you lay there and think, what was that? You want to try to remember at least three of the images or the scenes like that's happening in the movie. Mm-hmm. And, um, if, you know, Susanna, in your training, in your mediumship training, the more you worked with it, the clearer your information has gotten, correct? Sure, Yes. So it's the same thing in the dream space at night. The more we work with it, then and we then can go back in and re-remember what that image is. So you're just trying to catch, oh, where the, the left brain can kind of go, oh, remember you were at a chalkboard with this. Or, oh, there's your dad. You know, mm-hmm. that there's, oh, there's he, oh, there's your mom sitting at the table over there. Oh, this is. You know, he got up and walked over and sat next to her. So, oh, 
you know, there's somebody that's floating there. So you just want at least a couple of images. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes what happens, we kind of wake up, I'm in a really great dream. We're like, oh my gosh, that's a great dream. And we roll over and then it's gone just like that. Yeah. So what you do in those situations, you go back to the position you were when you woke up. So if you're laying on your left side, you go back to your left side. If you're on your right side, you go back to your right side. If you're flat on your back, then you go back. Just gently go back into that space. Your the veils are still thin, and you can jump, and you can typically go back into the dream and be fully awake, and then re-remember the scenes. Does that make cool. sense? Well, yeah, that's that's lucid dreaming, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It yeah. is lucid dreaming. You have it, and then you want to write down your three scenes. And that's what you do on your journal. I even have on uh, my journal, like this little pen light that's at the top. So I don't wake up my husband and I can just flip on the little light. Write it down. I found, yeah, I found that a spiral notebook works really well for writing in bed because it stays flat. Just. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that, then you, so you write down what you remember and then you can write down your feelings like, even if you don't remember it, you go, but I felt really great or I felt really sad or so what the feelings are about it. Mm. And then um, even if you wake up in the early morning and go, oh, I don't know if I remembered everything or I don't, I had this really cool dream, but I don't remember it or I didn't get a dream. If you have an extra 10, 15 minutes, you can actually shut your eyes and go right back into dream space and ask for a dream. Huh. Yeah, I'm learning more and more from you how this, the dream space is simply that state of expanded consciousness that we can access in meditation. Same, same state. Same. Yeah, huh. same, same thing. Yeah, same state. Yeah. And the, the lucid part about it is because actually it's really fascinating. There's a whole arm. This is a little digress, and then we'll go into the next step. So the first step, well, actually, let me do this first. First step is to set your intention, write it down. Remember it over the night. Second step is then to, or second practice is then to re, do your, recall it. So that's what we just did is the recalling part. Mm -hmm. Now there's a whole, and then our third step is then how do we make sense of it? Yeah. And uh, before I jump into that, that's I'm going to just jump sideways. So there's actually a whole practice called dream yoga, where hmm. it is all about, um, and this is from a Tibetan practice with it, where they actually believe that our, the reason we want to work with our dreams is because our dreams help us get ready to die. Because our dreams in order to be awake in our dreams where we can actually talk to our loved ones, we can get the wisdom, um, we can get information, we can do healing for yourself, or you can actually help heal others. Mm -hmm. You can practice presentations, you can get amazing ideas, um, you know, you can get information that goes between the veils. Mm -hmm. Is that in order for all that, we have to be fully awake when we're alive. So it's like that they're, you know, this place of being fully awake in this physical body and fully awake um, when we're asleep kind of become the same. And if, when we can do that, then when we finally do take that last, have our physical is, body, 
we recognize it's just another step. That's right. I know when when you mentioned, you know, it can help us get ready to die. I could feel this little frisson of fear through those who are listening saying, but I don't want to die. You mean if I dream, I'm going to die? No, no, no. It's not what she's saying at all. She's talking about preparing yourself for this wonderful expanded state of consciousness that we all experience without the physical body where we get to play and create and have adventures. It's just part of our eternal lives as souls. Absolutely. And what, so what we want to do is we want to be fully present instead of being partially asleep all the time and not, you know, caught in our thoughts. So you ask what, what stops us from connecting is when we're connect, you know, we get caught in our thoughts, we get caught in old family patterns, we get caught in old situations where we're not really awake and present to this amazing green world being present on the earth that's happening around us. That is exactly why we practice present. And when we get caught up in all of those other things, that's the ego side. And it is exactly what you said, the patterning. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're awake and we have a few scribbled notes written in the dark half asleep. And we're kind of remembering, oh, yeah, I did have that dream. What do we do with that? Yeah. And as you know, as a writer, I so admire all your writing is sometimes as you write things down, then there's other things that'll start to flow. So that's the same way when you write a little bit about one of the scenes from one of the scribbles, you'll be like, Oh yeah. And then this and this and this and this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now we've got these notes and it's like, what was that? What in the heck was that about? <laughs> so this is my very, very favorite process. And it comes from one of my dream teachers many, many years ago. Her name's Tiana Gagano. And she has a book that's called Decipher Your Dreams. So if one of your listeners is really enjoying this and wants to get her book, I would that, recommend that one from Tiana. So what Tiana has you do, and it's, it's Tiana's NLP. So what she has you do is you first, on a piece of paper on the left-hand side, you actually go through and identify the dream, like the three core scenes or five core scenes or whatever you want to identify. And then... You ask yourself, scene by scene, you ask your intuition, what does my intuition have to say about whatever happened in the dream? Mm-hmm. So the example I have on the guidebook is, so like, and this is from one of my dreams, like I walked into a party and there was, my dad was there. So I, I have that written. And then I ask my intuition. So intuition, what do you have to say about me walking into a party with my dad there? And my intuition gave me a message. It'll give you, it'll give you a message about whatever it is on that scene. So and my intuition says very clearly, wow, it's good to see, it's good to see dad. You know, I'm really, really happy to see dad. You know, and Linda, you it's through- funny. It's funny because I can hear some people saying, but what if I'm just making it up? And that's how your intuition speaks to you sometimes. It's through your thoughts. So just go with it. Go with, with the first thing that comes up and what feels right. Absolutely. And NLP actually has a way where you, where they have you do determine where your intuition is coming through from. And that's in Tiana's book. And I'm sure you have ways that you teach people to listen to their intuition. Okay. So you you... Give us some more examples from that dream that you have and how that intuition spoke. Okay, so one of mine, I saw my dad. 
And then another image I saw, I actually saw my mom at it looked like a card table. And then I went, wow. So then when I asked my intuition, you know, what does my mom have to do? Whatever my statement was, I saw my lot, because my mom's still alive. Mm -hmm. So here's my mom alive in the dream. And I see her and she's sitting at the card table with some other people that I don't know. So I asked my intuition, what is this about? And my intuition says very clearly, she doesn't recognize that you're here, Linda. I'm like, okay. So you just go down through everything that you got in the dream and your intuition will give you a really short phrase about it. If it starts to be this long, well, blah, 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 blah. It has a different voice tone and that's the left brain. <laughs> oh, good advice. <laughs> that's that, yeah, that's that logical linear one. So you get your, now your list of all that the intuition has said. And then you can almost forget the dream because here's your information. Now you want to relate it to your life. Hmm. So then you can actually now start down this list where you go through and say, okay, so it's good to see my dad. And then I would ask myself, and this is in the guidebook, what does this have to do with my life right now? And very clearly my intuition said, Linda, you're supported. And then I asked about the next thing with my mom. You know, my mom doesn't recognize that I'm here very clearly. And what does that have to do with my life right now? My mom, and it says, your mom's just fine the way she is. I had a, a woman once, um, Susanna, doing a dream. In her dream, she, I mean, it woke her straight up. She reached back into her kidneys and pulled out two dead mice. Wow. She goes, Linda, what in the heck is this? <laughs> what is this about? So we did this dream process through it. Mm -hmm. And it was just trying to get her attention. And actually the bigger message, what it had to do with her life right now, it was about her, as her intuition told her, it was about her pausing and listening to her soul and following the guidance of her soul. Now, how in the world she got from two mice in her kidneys to her soul that's what the intuition will help you do <laughs> yeah that was my question i i'm not seeing the connection there but it's unless she did and it was important if it was meaningful to her and that's what matters right so that's where people want to go oh i need to open the channels to my intuition i first opened the channels for the information to my dream now my intuition is going to help me make sense of the dream okay and What's then what happens is when you finally have all the things of um, how it relates to your life, then you can actually read through them. Um, so like in mine, it would be, I'm supported by my dad, accept your mom just the way she is. My dad's there to help. I need to be prepare, prepared and move forward with my life. Then I could say, gosh, what's this bigger message from my soul? And on that one, it is, you know, it was very, came very, very clearly. Linda, you need to create your life and fly. So it, it Oh, I love this. Yeah, if I yeah. could interrupt. So very clear delineation between what is the meaning for this in my life right now? And then what's the greater meaning for my soul? Yes. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. And they're always, all, every person that has ever gone through this, there's, always that deeper, like usually they're in tears. Um, 
so you can use this as a way for information to connect within your dreams. And you know, you can even use the process when weird things happen. Sometimes we've got weird things in our life and we're like, what the heck was that about? One time I ran over a dead deer and then all these weird things started happening. When I finally, like, I got to figure this out. When I finally ran through the process, it was all about Linda. You need to go get a session with someone, you know, go get some help. And I'm kind of one of those that just tries to do everything myself, maybe like some of your listeners. And sometimes they need so. to go see a medium, you know? Or another he- healer. See- yeah. Or another healer or a grief counselor or a therapist, you know, that we we need to bring in that assistance. So that's what my that's what the weird thing in my life was. But I always use things for dreams as a way to get the information from dreams. Now I have some specific questions that there are dreams where we our loved ones come up and but those dreams just kind of disappear. This they did just pop into the dream. And I feel that sometimes that's the subconscious mind processing things and thoughts. Then there are dreams that are so solid, so real, you know that is a real-time visit from that person. Can you address that? Yeah, and you're just right on with it, Suzanne, that sometimes in our – that's why it's so important that we, you know, do our grief work when, or our trauma work or our life work is that when we – the dreams are – our dream space, when we have a lot of stuff happening in our, our world, a lot of it is processed through our dreams. Which is different than the connection you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what, what is your understanding of how we tell the connection between an actual visit and connection versus another state of consciousness where we're processing things and, and it's strictly for our learning, but not necessarily that soul coming to visit? Um, one of the ways that's helpful to do it is that, to ask. You know, again, go back, clear back to we're going back to practice number one, set your intention. And sometimes some nights, you know, I, it's just like, I just want to process the day. And that's my intention when I go to bed. It's like, just help me clear anything that needs to be cleared in a healthy way. Oh, nice. You know, or or offer healing, you know, um, people can even use the dream time as a, as a healing for physical things. Yeah, you know, talk about that, because I've never heard of that before, and that's fascinating. Yeah, so it's the same intention. So one of the examples I love to use, if somebody has a bad back, you know, they can say, um, allow me to, he- you know, bring in healing from my bad back. And that could be guides and angels and, see, in my world, power animals, allies, anything that could come and help. Um, mm-hmm. And... Sometimes we want to go a little deeper. We might need clarification first. Like, you know, the reason we might have a bad back is because all the things that helps us get out of, like we don't have to mow the lawn. We don't have to, you know, do all these kind of things that help us, um, pre- prevents us from having to do those things we don't like. So um, sometimes we need a clarification dream first. Hmm. But otherwise, if it's a chronic thing, you can just ask for healing. And sometimes with a, when it's a, big chronic thing that you just ask I ask for the same healing every night you know it's like you wouldn't you would just keep that intention every night every night but every night what's what how could how does that happen in dreams versus simply praying for healing 
in normal waking consciousness? Um, if when I'm going to bring a little side with prayer, you know, pr- prayer is amazing. And it is so, so amazing. Sometimes when people pray, what they don't understand is, um, well, here's a little t- short story about it, that prayer can actually harm. So we want to be really clear about what we're praying for. So mm-hmm. I had a, um, I had a client and who knows, I tell this story who we um, real a, short on time, Linda. I sorry. Oh, but we, I knew that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So anyway, we just want to make sure that when we pray for someone that we see them in our mind's eye, just like we would see in a dream, we see them healthy. We see them yeah. doing what they love to do. We see them riding the bike. We see them playing with their grandkids. We see them healthy and well, not sometimes when we pray for someone, we see them ill. Okay, so I'm going to summarize that if I could, that you're saying make sure your prayers are affirmative prayers, but in the dream space, you're actually inviting healing entities to come in and actually heal you. Is that correct? Yes, yes, and we actually want to do that same positive, not the negative. We want to do that same positive, you know, seem healthy and well. Yeah. Wow. This, I feel like we've just touched the tip of the iceberg here. So everybody, as we wrap this up, Linda, we're out of time already. But I'm so grateful to you for making available your free guide to dreams and harnessing them. So everything we've talked about, you've summarized it for us. And I just thank you so much. Everybody go to lindalfitch.com under products. That free gift is there. And we really appreciate you, Linda. Thank you so much, Jim. All right. Everybody have a great week. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark, on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.